This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 79 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Cashel Company, American Harvest, and Arena Saddles. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's show, we cover Land Rover Kentucky with Megan O'Donohue and how she placed 11th with her OTTB Palm Crescent. We feature our fourth and final Making the Makeover rider, Lee Beamer, and Leandra Cooper joins us with another great training tip in our Adoptable Horse of the Week. Alyssa Overy is our Listener of the Week. If you'd like to be our Listener of the Week, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Now back to the show. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley from Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Kristen, you know what? It's not outside. Snowing. Snowing. Cold. Oop. The sun's out. Flowers are out. Grass is green. It's all right, all right, all right. Hang on. You're getting carried away. <laughs> it is okay. still raining and cold. <laughs> it still sucks, but there are flowers. I'll give you that. Okay. Well, half of the show is enjoying spring. <laughs> <laughs> half of the show would like to move on to summer now, please. Thank you. <laughs> but it is nice to see that seasons are finally shifting away from the ice, darkness, and cold that we've all experienced. Unless you're in the South. We're all happy for you and your amazing weather. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but besides all that, I mean, we do a fly season coming up. I'm just looking forward that while I'm not cleared to ride yet, if you listen to the last episode, you will know that I once again hurt myself as I do. I'm just oh, joy. <laughs> I have all the vet bills. <laughs> I will hopefully start riding next week. I'm very excited to have that our mobility back and just really hoping my horse is nice to me after a solid three weeks off. She will. They seem to know. I swear they know. So you'd say that. And I would say like what I would do at my checkup calls once I could finally like walk a little bit. I come in and like check on her and I was able to start grooming her. She's super sweet, super kind. I went out this week, Kristen, and like, yes, I'm feeling better. Still not quite trusting my movement in a saddle. So I go out and grooming her and we're going to lunge. I go to like pick her feet. She puts her head on my chest. I was like, Oh, sweet baby. And she pushes me into the rail and then takes my hat and throws it across. So nice. So sweet. Hey, (laughs) so chestnut mare. (laughs) Our ability to love is skewed. (laughs) But it's just the language she speaks, man. You just got to meet her at her level. Yeah, you know? she's she's interesting as a chestnut mare because she's not your standard, stere- I don't want to say standard, your stereotypical one, you know, the one who's pinning the ears and making crabby face and all these things. Ears are always forward. She's literally one of the most cuddly horses I have ever had. The problem is we don't understand boundaries and we're 11 going on four years old. Mm. Yeah. So... It's great in a lot of ways. In other ways, she forgets that I can't play the way she wants to. Oh, she acts yeah. more like a gelding most days. 
But uh, before before we jump in, because I feel like you have a lot of exciting things now that the weather is getting a bit better because you've had a lot of calves drop, which means oh your God. horses are oh having God, to so work. Yes. I did a poll over the weekend and I wanted to see if our listeners had a like pre-barn ritual. I am guilty of having to get a coffee before I teach a lesson. Like if I'm just riding myself, I'll make the coffee at home because let's be real, horses are expensive. But right before I teach, I have to be bougie with my Starbucks cup. Or my <laughs> You're cup. that trainer, huh? I'm that trainer. I'm a dressage girl. Of course I am. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting. I asked everyone, do you have to get a coffee or tea before the barn? And 62% of our followers said always. And 38% said, nah, coffee can wait, which I'm like, yes, these people speak my language. They understand. But what are your pre-barn rituals? Me? Typically, it's leaving in a rush, (laughs) forgetting all the things in the house that I meant to bring with me, angrily coming back to the house to collect those things, and then like peeling out of the driveway, being probably 20 minutes later than I wanted to. That is my typical ritual. I think a Um, lot of people (laughs) would also agree that is also the ritual. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I have a pile of things. It's usually like smart pack orders and uh, right now, this time of year, a lot of standing wraps like mm. piled up by the door being like, don't forget these. And every day I forget them. So we turn around, run back in the house, grab the thing, be late, be grumpy. Fortunately, there's not uh, a Starbucks between. I live like way out in the boonies. I would love to know where y'all are having easy access to coffee like this. <laughs> there is not a Starbucks between my house and the farm, which is probably a good thing. So I just... uh Cruise, listening to podcasts the whole way there, get there, and then then the day can begin. Then we're good. It's like the podcast. I feel like mine's the same. I also always listen to a podcast on the way to the barn, and it's always an equestrian podcast. Okay, so I was just about to say, I bet you're listening to something that's going to help your equestrian journey. Yeah, sometimes it's not. a true crime podcast. Oh, yeah, I was like, like, I'm on the... Uh, What's your favorite true crime podcast? Can we uh, shout out other podcasts here? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'll give you my top three podcasts oh that I like okay. to shuffle through. So my favorite murder I really enjoy. That's, I think anyone who listens to true crime will listen to that one. Yeah. That's where everyone starts. I think yes. you know? it's lighter despite the topic. I <laughs> it is. It's lighter. There's a little bit more humor and jokes and I enjoy that. Sometimes if I want something like more serious, I have to think about tenfold more wicked is a great one. Oh. And it's more historical true crime. So things that are over a hundred years old. And they each season is like a whole chapter into whether it's the criminal's life or the family history or one was really interesting where they talked about how there was a serial killer in London during a time of great coal plague, if you will. So right after World War One, London had purchased a lot of dirty coal. So it was just smog and the valleys of it. And people are very sick from it. I'm really bringing everyone down with me on this. Yeah, we've really journey. gone on a tangent now. But it, it, the history <laughs> is interesting of it, it basically led to the first like wrongful conviction because there was oh. so much distraction. Huh. So it, there's a lot of really interesting things in Tenfold More Wicked. And then I'll end it on something slightly more positive, also equally twisted. And it's this podcast will kill you. Oh. I think that's a great. Yeah, that sounds jolly. it's interesting it's two scientists they're both women and they study diseases basically and they'll pick different diseases to basically dissect on the show 
they always start with a cocktail recipe, which I think is super fun. They call it their quarantini. And <laughs> But there's some really interesting ones. Like the rabies episode was really cool because they gave like folklore of how the idea of vampires and werewolves came when truthfully it was just people who got rabies from like a raccoon that was hanging out. Like It's it's really always a raccoon. They're shady. Don't hurt them though. You just call your local animal control. Don't do it yourself. Please leave the raccoon alone. (laughs) Anyway, those are my non-equestrian <laughs> podcasts I like to listen to. And then we all know the equestrian podcast we listen to because there's like, they're all on Horse Radio Network. I say they're all like, on our Horse Radio yeah, Network. <laughs> no, you know where to go. <laughs> what yeah. about you, Krista? What are your like go-tos? I have two right now. So one, I am so such a fan that I'm actually on their Patreon to get their ad-free episodes. And that's True Crime Obsessed mm. uh, with Jillian Pensavale and Patrick Hines. If they ever happen to hear this, I love you both. They won't. <laughs> I, they're not horse people. But they take a like a comedy route and they will recap true crime documentaries. So they don't talk about the true crime itself. They talk about the doc and it's very entertaining. So they're a lot of fun. That is a show culture that I would love to embody here. Maybe a little less swearing. I don't think we're allowed to swear that much. No, we're Um, technically rated G. Uh, If you guys want an after hour show, let us know. We'll try to work something out. There we go. We'll mix up some quarantinis ourselves and really get it going. Uh, And then I'm going to give a little shout out to my cousin-in-law who recently just started podcasting. So she has a podcast called Historical Homicide, and she is focusing on murders in the history of our county, which is a very rural, small county in Western New York. Uh, Shocking number of murders for her to investigate. Interesting. Taking a, uh, a deep dive through county history, and, and we're not a county that would normally show up in your history books. It's been interesting to learn a little more about our county, and I know she works very hard on that podcast. So we both started podcasting at about the same time. It's really weird. No, <laughs> so. I love it. It's called support. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I've yep. added both of those to my list, so I'm definitely going to be checking them out. Yep. Oh. Man, I know we should be starting the show, but Kristen, I want to know what it's like bringing two X-Race horses out of winter into calves being born because my horse might have a calf herself if she had to yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, fortunately I'm really only bringing one, but I'm coaching another. So my husband has really pretty much taken over the ride on Shorty, which is fine because Shorty and I just don't get along that well. I like to pick and he does not like to be picked on. So Jobber loves micromanaging and he micromanages me right back. So that is a, a match made in heaven. But actually, I've been riding West, the standard bread, most of the time this spring to try to get him ready for nationals in July. So it's been Eric and I going out on Shorty and West and checking our cows. But it is calving season. So we've actually not ridden much in April because a lot of our calf work this time of year really needs to be done on foot. Okay. Um, and that's largely because we're just not great ropers yet. If we were really cool, we would be able to rope these calves and then use our horses to hold them steady for other folks in the family to do the tagging and the castrating Mm -hmm. and the shots and all that. But I will say we took a step. I put it on our Instagram story because I was so proud of my husband. He's been working so hard this winter to try to bring Shorty along as a rope horse. Mm -hmm. And actually, we have some questions about Shorty that I'm going to ask Leandra a little later in this episode. But he did finally successfully, very quietly and mellowly rope his first calf on shorty oh that's awesome yeah it was a huge uh step for him because he's a thoroughbred he was not really born to be a rope horse and eric really wants him to be a rope horse but he's really been very patient with him and brought him along and done his time Mm -hmm. and 
We uh, use the breakaway rope just so we could have a nice, easy catch. And once there's tension on the rope, it just pops right open. The calf walks free and the horse still gets the experience of a dally, which is when you wrap the rope around the horn and then the tension. So they feel that on the saddle and the rope pops and away goes your calf. So you don't have to dismount and wrestle the rope off your calf at all. So, so yeah, yeah. Eric caught the calf twice and, you know, I was on jobber at the time and gave it a go just for fun. And I caught once and. Yeah, that was we called that a night. We're like, let's quit while I we're mean, ahead. I mean, that's significantly better than what I would. I probably get scared that I'm going to do something wrong and be like, I'm just going to go over here and do lateral work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could tell. Well, that's what Eric's been working on to make sure that he can really position Shorty exactly where he wants him to go. So he's been working really hard this winter on shoulder and hip control. So he's actually been putting in the lateral work. So you're halfway there. I'm halfway to being a cattle rancher <laughs> on my dressage horse. <laughs> Yeah, that's all it is. It's just applied dressage. Uh, I like that. I like applied dressage. That's cool. Awesome. Well, it's definitely exciting to watch. I love that you're sharing it. I hope people are following us on Instagram because we are trying to expose our lives a little bit more. I felt like we've been very secretive. We've been living behind a curtain. Yes. Well, I mean, it's also been winter. It's not much going on. Yeah, there's just not that much to look at. If you want to go to the swearing, check out our stories during the winter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but in all seriousness, check us out on Instagram. We're going to definitely be showing more glimpses of our lives and people we like to follow and listen to. So give us a follow on there. Kirsten, I'm super stoked for the show. We just had Land Rover Kentucky. It was a very interesting and impressive year. I think it was nice to see as many thoroughbreds enter. There was around 20... 19 or 20 thoroughbreds between the four star and the five star. So we're going to catch up with five star writer, Megan O'Donohue. We have our last making the makeover writer come on to give her story. And of course, like Leandra, I miss Leandra. She's joining us again too. So just really exciting things to come before we get into that though, we're going to hear an ad from our premier sponsor, Kentucky performance products. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, Three, two, one, have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked, her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability, Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. So I'm super excited, Joy, for our next guest. There was one thoroughbred and rider pair that very quietly just worked their way up the standings over the weekend at Land Rover, Kentucky. So I'm super excited tonight to have Megan O'Donohue on with us. Megan is a five-star eventer, trainer, and coach based in Round Hill, Virginia, and Ocala, Florida. She developed her professional career with off-track thoroughbreds, developing retired racehorses for sale while making her name on her then four-star partner, Pirate, who she found at Fairmount Racetrack when she was... 15, basically living the dream. She's now competing her OTTB Palm Crescent and, of course, finished this weekend in 11th place. So, Megan, welcome on to Retired Racehorse Radio. 
Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So we're super excited, of course, to talk about Palm Crescent. And you guys had an amazing weekend. How did it go from your perspective? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think it's still kind of settling in. I mean, I definitely was very, very proud of the horse. I thought he gave um, a massive effort. And although we had to kind of climb our way back up the leaderboard, I think the end result is very respectable. And he deserves it. So I, I can't say enough good things about how hard he tried and he deserves to be there. So I'm very thankful for everything that transpired. (laughs) Your double clear uh, show jumping around, I thought was, that was awesome. So that was, I didn't get to watch much at all, but I watched the show jumping and I was like, I did not breathe while watching it. Like every time (laughs) he would jump, I like was holding my breath as if I was jumping and I'm like, she cleared it. Oh my God. Like every single one. It was, it was a beautiful round. Thank you. Thank you. He gave a massive effort. It was um, not an easy track on the final day. And I think plenty of tired horses. So I have to say that it was, I think, so influential to be able to do two five stars with him last year. And he got his body and his fitness got that experience. And I would say that this is the best he felt on the the third and final day of a five star thus far. So I think it's testament to my team of people and everything that we do day in and day out to, to get him there and the lead up events that I'm able to have access to. And so it was still very nerve wracking, but he gave a huge effort for for that clean round. (laughs) He was so tidy and careful. Have you had to do a lot to help develop or is he just such a, a neat tidy horse like that on his own? No, he's always been a very careful horse. And the biggest thing um, for me is always making him feel good about himself and looking to keep him confident. He, I can rely on that in the arena. And he's also just very brave as well. I don't necessarily have to worry about a big spook at, at a fence or even the crowd or there's so many distractions, especially in a in an atmosphere like Kentucky. So I'm lucky in that way, you know, to have that on my side. But no, I don't. I don't really have to do any tuning of the, that sort to get that kind of carefulness from him. That is very natural for him. So I'm lucky to have that. <laughs> I love it. It's absolutely amazing. And I think the place we know thoroughbreds shine at Kentucky is the cross country course. And I like how you mentioned that there was obviously some tired horses coming into show jumping. I mean, Derek DeGrazia is not mm-hmm. known for making an easy course for riders. <laughs> for a thoroughbred, yeah. what what drew you to saying, I want to take a thoroughbred up to the five star and be my cross country partner? Because to me, that's a lot of trust as a rider when you get to that level. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say that growing up, I was probably put into a situation where I I didn't really have a lot of choice. Just financially growing up, my parents own a training and boarding facility that's still going on in Southern Illinois. And they raised five children from that facility. So excessive funds of being placed on horses that were specifically bred for sport was not really in the cards for me. So my sister and I, we grew up on on these thoroughbreds that are a little more accessible for the likes of people like us. So I I have zero zero regrets 
and they have a very fond place in my heart. And I know that I wouldn't be the rider I am today without the ability to have horses like Pirate and Palm Crescent. Also, I think it's no secret that they are horses that are quick to trust and are brave and obviously have tons of stamina and will give you everything if you continue to show them what they can do always. I think that showing them something they can't do is detrimental to um, Mm. their confidence. But I think that they're those type of horses that you want when you need to dig in and fight. And they kind of pick up the pieces that of that puzzle. So I'm very thankful to have them in my life. <laughs> I love, that's a very common thing that we hear on our show. And I, I love the consistency of the heart of the thoroughbred and that they give so much. They, they really are triers. I want to ask you it's a, with your history with thoroughbreds and getting to the career level you have. So there was eight thoroughbreds who competed at the five-star level. And I'm, I'm just going through their stats that out of all the eight horses, it was just under 160,000 total and earning. So you weren't necessarily stellar race horses. Mm-hmm. A lot of them had several starts, not even an unraced. Mm-hmm. So we could ignore this fact of, well, we're looking for the unraced, untouched, like mm-hmm. perfectly pristine thoroughbred that everyone thinks yeah. they want to adopt. What do you yeah. look for in your thoroughbred to say that could be a five-star horse? Yeah, I think that that is, that's a tricky question. There's a lot of components of getting the raw materials to that level. So when you go and you look at these horses coming off the track, you are looking at confirmation. You're trying to, to some degree, judge character and kind of personality and try to make as best a guess as far as like trainability goes. Sometimes that's hard in the situation that those horses are in at that time and a place to make that judgment. But I guess when I've kind of done my fair share of looking at them, there's just a type and a feel that you get when you see one. I think the way it presents itself, the way it carries itself across the ground, of course, there are those nitty-gritty details of soundness and just the general health that you find them in, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's their situations that they've maybe ended up in or just breeding or what have you, right? So uh, it's hard to put it into words, I guess. And I I think that it comes from experience. Some people just have a natural knack for seeking out that right type of horse. Mm. Um, there w- it would be hard to write a book on, on how do you pick a five-star <laughs> horse for sure. If so. you did, I'm sure you'd be making <laughs> billions right now. Everyone would put you at their corner. <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's go back to Palm Crescent. He had such a stellar a stellar weekend overall. And he really was, as Kristen said, kind of quietly crept back in the rankings. I think there were a couple other horses people were looking ahead of, but he really had a shining weekend and you brought him to that. Tell us a little bit about his history and how he ended up with you. Yeah. Yeah. He, funny enough, the horse has been through some really great 
people's hands. So it's bittersweet that, you know, it's all kind of come full circle and he is, he's having his shining moments of being at this top level and, and doing it successfully. But he was actually found off the track by a lady, Allie Conrad, who used to manage Cancer Mid-Atlantic um, and did some rehoming and a lot of work for that organization to find Thoroughbred the next step. He then went to Bogo Sport Horses, which is um, was run by Patricia Voss. And Patricia and Dave Voss, her husband, are still actively in top-level eventing, owning for Philip Dutton. They have their, they still run, they have their own personal horses. They enjoy fox hunting and are huge enthusiasts in the sport. And Dave actually has um, a lot to do with differentiable pin technology. So obviously, once again, incredible eventing people. So he was then sold through to Bogo to the professional I was working for, Jan Benny, at the time. And he came into our program. I was there kind of as a groom manager and rider for Jan for a number of years. And she bought him kind of with the idea of producing and probably selling on, um, you know, that is what she did. And, and she enjoys also the thoroughbred. So he was in our program and I knew him as a young horse. I believe he was four or five at the time and got to see his start in, in taking shape into becoming an event horse. And she competed him for a little while and he was then sold on to her then client Chase Ship Darcy and Ron Shipka are her parents and they bought him as her uh, one of her young rider horses but she was still in our program so I still got to see the horse go and I watched his early career he Chase produced him I believe through the two star and then maybe did some intermediate on him before she decided that venting was just not for her and she turned her focus into pure dressage and that is when they kind of her parents Darcy and Ron needed to kind of figure out what they were going to do with Chase's current event horses and I just was like happenstance I just was in the right place at the right time and I was using Darcy's facility to work out of while I was kind of wanting to be out on the East Coast and it was kind of the end of Pirate's career. He, I think, had just sustained an injury following Kentucky Five Star in 2015 and they approached me and asked me if I would leg Palmer back up and get him ready for something potentially for sale and so I started riding him and yeah, they, they enjoyed seeing him come back into the sport and decided to support him for me. So that was a very exciting time to bring him on into my program. And they supported his career for a number of years with me. I guess it's now been two, almost two years ago. My boyfriend, Will During, and I purchased him from the Shipka as they turned their focus more onto Chase's doing exceptionally well in the dressage world and um, is acquiring more horses. So their focus needed to go there. So we are now the owners of him. And this is his third successful five-star completion. So very exciting. (laughs) That's so cool. He's on his way to becoming one of the thoroughbred greats, I think. (laughs) Yeah. 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 He, uh, he just keeps, he just keeps showing up and there's just so much to be said for that. He just, Every day he comes to work and he clearly 
loves the sport, especially on the cross country. So it's a very cool partnership that we have now. I love that. I love your story together too. So I thought it'd be fun to do kind of some fun, fast facts about Palm Crescent. So just a couple like rapid fire questions so that we can all learn more about him. So what do you call him in the barn? Oh goodness. Mostly Palmer. And he probably has a couple other, you know, um, sometimes we will use Crescent too, but mostly Palmer is, or, or Palm even just for short. So yeah. Nice. What is his favorite treat? Oh, he loves carrots. Yeah, he's all natural. He would mostly prefer a good old fresh carrot. So we always have those stocked in the barn. Good for him. What does he prefer, stall or turnout? Oh, turnout. He loves his turnout. He goes out usually every day, anywhere between three and five. And he comes in the morning, depending on the day. But he thoroughly enjoys the turnout. Good for him. I'm sure I know the answer to this one, but what's his favorite phase? Oh, yes. I, I think it would have to be the cross country. For sure. <laughs> I think that's probably I, most thoroughbred. Yeah, he definitely is very satisfied in the stable after it. He takes a deep breath and his eye, eye relaxes and it's his jam for sure. <laughs> what is his favorite like event venue? Does he have, you know, one where he always steps up and performs? I would have to honestly. I he loves Kentucky. It takes eleven minutes of cross country for him to. You, you feel his gallop opens up. He relaxes. He is just hunting jumps, and it doesn't matter what's in front of him. So, and just the the way that the the terrain is at Kentucky. It's just incredible rolling hills that you get to kind of go up and down and the footing is always pristine. So I would say that that's been some epic rounds have been at Kentucky. Uh I was about to say, oh, he knows he's come home, but he hasn't Uh actually, he's a New York bred, which I think is interesting because, you know, I've, and I don't have the stats for the whole field in front of me for who is at the five star, but I feel like generally a lot of those seems to be Kentucky horses. horses, right. They seem to be Kentucky horses. And maybe that's because in Kentucky, they tend to breed those big routers that can, you know, run yeah. a little further, but yeah, look at this. So his record was at aqueducts at Philadelphia park, which is now parks, Penn national and Charlestown. So yeah, he's like a regular working class, you know, New York, right? Good for him. He's found his calling, which is really cool to hear Well, Megan, thank you so much for joining us. This has been super fun. And I can't wait to see what you guys achieve next. Well, I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed getting to chat with you guys and anything I can ever do to promote the thoroughbred horse. I'm happy to do. <laughs> well, you keep on rocking. I think you're doing yeah. a great job in uh, <laughs> by taking them all the way up the levels. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Guys. You do it because Thank we can't. Guys. Joy and I are not going to be riding the five star anytime soon. <laughs> no, so. me and my horse. So we're afraid of cardio, so we like watching all the other horses do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I will say that having a horse like Pirate versus having a horse like Palm Crescent, like I it, it, Palmer, is so unique in in a way that like five-star fit and I can have anybody hack him out in the stable and he's happy to go on the buckle and enjoy his time out hacking. So he's just a very special creature for sure. Guy. 
So what mm-hmm. you're saying is Joy and I could ride him. Actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, like, all right. Well, you're like, right we're doing done. a field trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again, Megan. If people want to follow you, where's the best place they can find you? Absolutely. Yeah. We have, we have an Instagram account, Megan O'Donoghue event. And I also have a Facebook, the same thing and a website. So any of those three sources, we appreciate all the support. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And we look forward to following you, Pirate, and um, Palm Crescent's careers. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it so much. Spring is finally here, and it's time to get organized. Cashel Company has everything you need to get your barn, tack room, and trailer spick and span before show season begins. From stall organizers, gear bags, hooks, brushes, and everything in between, Cashel Company's got your back for your pre-show season organizing needs. To stay up to date with the latest products and news, follow Cashel Company on Facebook and Instagram. And to find their products, visit an authorized dealer or visit cashelcompany.com. All right, Joy, I'm really excited to introduce, I think, our last of our Making the Makeover yes. Riders, right? Yeah, we've yeah, made we this four. number four. So Lee Beamer Mahler was born and raised in Withville, Virginia, where she started riding at the age of four. To support her horse habit, she became a high school math teacher in Wythe County. Lee and her husband own a farm in Withville where their horses Blade, Midge, Bert, and Finn run the show. And a fun fact about Lee, her makeover horse's name is Hot Girl Summer. How cool is that? I was just looking at that. as like, I'm literally dying as a millennial right now. Yeah. <laughs> Lee, please tell after. us about Hot Girl Summer. Did you pick her just for her name? And it's okay if you say yes or no. No. <laughs> I hate her name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you my, don't like it. Um, well, none of my thoroughbreds have ever had a really good track name, but I did laugh at it. I was like, oh, that's like the Nicki Minaj song. And now that she's come in heat a few times, it is oh, going to no. be a hot girl summer. Well, oh, no. I just have to jump in really quickly. I love that. Not only is her name Hot Girl Summer with a U, she's a chestnut mare. And as an owner of a chestnut mare, I both sympathize and high five you. Yeah, you really went Thank for it. You. Thank you. Yes, all the way. <laughs> so yeah, how did you find her? How did you cross paths with Finn? Well, as one does, I was not really um, seriously looking for another horse, but I was scrolling through Facebook um, and her little ad popped up and she had just the cutest face, I thought. And I was actually on a road trip with my husband to go to a family wedding And one thing led to another. I said, hey, how mad would you be if I got another horse? Um, (laughs) (laughs) And we got back from the trip on Sunday and Monday evening, she arrived at the farm. (laughs) So very impulsive decision. But when you make decisions that way, it leaves you less time to second guess yourself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to be doing with Finn this summer? So... We are going to be doing dressage. We train with Katherine Abrams, who's here in Virginia as well. So we've been doing a few virtual lessons like once a month. And with teaching, it's hard to get out and take her places during the day. But hopefully with summer break coming up so soon, we'll be able to trailer there some. So we've been working on our dressage. And she's a very smart little cookie so far, which I think is probably both good and bad in the long run. (laughs) (laughs) Combined with all her other traits. Yeah, just keep her using those powers for good and not evil. and You'll be Mm -hmm. okay. (laughs) Forward. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 
I have a chestnut gelding, so you've fallen in with the right people here. And yes, it's just always forward, 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 forward. Oh my God. Yes, forward, forward. Yes, so, for yeah. sure. Well, what I really like, Lee, is I was reading your blog post that you had about Finn, and you had talked about how you hadn't had a mare in several years, almost a decade, and you've forgotten how strong the partnership can be with a mare. I don't have exact statistics on me, but I can assume chestnut mares are one of the slower ones to get adopted out versus your bay gelding. So can you talk <laughs> yeah. a little bit about how you knew your bond was start, was going to be a strong one as you began working with her? Just the way that she interacts with me is so different than how the boys do. And there's three boys on the farm with her right now. And she just, I mean, I think she trusts me so much. And I feel that the geldings do too, but it just... I'm not quite sure how to describe it. I think she would do pretty much anything that I asked her to do. And she's so willing and she's so smart too, which kills me because the geldings, they have not much work ethic, at least mine. (laughs) That's a nice way Um, to say it. That's very politically correct. Yeah, that was very, very nice. (laughs) But she just has so much heart. It's been a while since I've experienced that. And I got to tell you, I think I'm on team mayor after yes. having her. Yes. <laughs> mayor, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so vastly different from the boys. I guess it's like a girl thing. I really don't know how to describe it other than I just feel like she's very connected with me and I love it. She's such a good girl. <laughs> Aww, that's what you want in a dressage partner as well. I mean, not that geldings can't be good dressage partners. They absolutely can. We all know Charlotte and Blueberry did great. At competition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is a it. different level. Right. It is. And it's been incredible to watch her pick things up so fast and like it she translates what we do one rod to another so much smoother than any of the boys have ever done for me <laughs> and it's just incredible i'm really loving it oh that amazing. kind of reminds me of my makeover year when i was i would kind of have a plan but a lot of times i'd have to modify my plan ride by ride week by week because jobber was progressing so quickly and i was like i i can't keep up with this horse like i'm not smart enough to ride this horse so how do you ensure that, that you're you know, moving forward at a, a speed that works for both of you? Well, I'll tell you, the lesson frequency has picked up comparatively with the boys. So we're doing more lessons, trying to um, pack our time in between lessons with more activities to keep her engaged. So I ask for more homework and things for us to work on. But I usually go like two weeks between a lesson because I like to have time to work on things in between and with having a full-time job sometimes two weeks can feel like a pretty short time and especially with her so the days that I feel like she's got it we just kind of hack around the farm to give her brain a break because I can tell she's working in overdrive sometimes those little gears are going fast lots of little happy snorts Oh, yeah. oh well, as, so, as you've been working with her, have, what have you found is her greatest strength under saddle and what's her greatest challenge? She has such a cute little trot. She's learning and putting together how to carry herself correctly mm-hmm. and just watching her figure that out. And I guess riding her through that has been a really cool feeling. 
left lead canner is not a strength. <laughs> um, so we don't have any fence out here at the farm, really, like a fenced-off arena or anything. So I ride in a flat spot. And she's getting the strength to be able to turn and support herself better. But sometimes if she can't make it, we just go galloping up the hill. It <laughs> uh, can be exciting, but she's learning and she's getting so much better about it. It just takes time. It's not overnight. Yeah, that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. I, you and I are on such similar tracks because I have a cow farm and like 20 yeah. acres at a pop. And I also had no left lead for a couple months. So, <laughs> which right. everyone's like, oh, they're thoroughbreds. They only have a left lead. I'm like, mm, well, that's not my true. <laughs> this one's only got right. a right lead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah then, the right you know, lead. You try great. to do something and you go winging off into the hills and you're like, oh boy, I hope a fence it's, comes it's up. It's taken quick. three years for us to learn, <laughs> like with my horse, we don't have to gallop and then slow down into the canter uh, we, we jokingly call her pocket rocket for that she's like i'm out of the gate oh, oh wait hold on oh, there's no gate. sorry right. <laughs> but that will make you guys a stronger team is working in those big open fields because then any arena it's like oh this is so easy and also yeah. safe yeah i know when <laughs> that's i took a great level Catherine's and rode in the indoor it was just like wow it feels so much easier in an enclosed space where there's less to worry about. So that was a fun feeling as well. <laughs> I love that. So what's coming up in the schedule other than more school, but you know, the semester, oh, gosh, semester yeah. the school year will be over soon. So, so what's your, right. uh, do you have any shows on the calendar? Anything coming up? So if everything goes well, this Saturday, actually, we'll be going to our very first schooling show. I have never been in a real show, and neither has she. <laughs> so right. it's a, new for both of us. So I'm expecting an adventure, but it's about an hour and a half away, and, and trailering is not her favorite thing. So if we can load to get there and load to get home, it is a win for me. So fingers crossed. So that's coming up, and then just some more lessons and working on things at home until we can find another school and show. Nice. Well, that's good. Now you got to start with those and yeah, just make it nice and normal. And yeah, you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And take, I've been taking her out a lot and driving her on Sunday drives around the town and the county. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. I don't think a lot of people think about doing like those smaller trips just to get the miles in. Yeah. Take her out for ice cream, you know, take yourself out for a glass of wine, whatever it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lee, where can people follow your journey to the makeover on social media? So we're on Instagram as hot girl, G U R L summer dot OTTB because I felt like you couldn't just have an account called hot girl summer. Mm, Probably wise. (laughs) Um, Yep. (laughs) Yes. And then some of the posts about her, I post on my personal Facebook that are set to public and that would be Lee Beamer. Or I think if you look up Lee Moeller, it'll come up as well. And you are also blogging for us at America's best racing this year as well, which I forgot to mention. Yeah. Yes. I am doing that as well. That's another place. So that's been really fun too. (laughs) Yeah. It's fun to share with that audience. So, yep. So once a month, you can also find Lee's blog at americasbestracing.net. Well, thank you, Lee, for coming on. We can't wait to follow you and Finn's journey as you're getting ready for the makeover. I know we only have a few months out, but it sounds like you're giving her all the steps for a forever partnership. It's really exciting to watch. 
Yes, fingers crossed. That's the goal, to have her be my little girl forever. So oh, I love it. Good first year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much, Lee. We can't wait to follow along, and we'll talk to you again soon in June. Good luck at the show this weekend. Perfect. Thank you all so much. Is your horse showing signs of nervousness, inflammation, pain, or digestive issues? If so, American Harvest products might be the solution you need. This Montana-based company develops the highest quality hemp products and offers a line specifically for horses, including equine hemp-derived pellets. American Harvest's natural equine hemp pellets are vet-formulated and produced from natural hemp. The pelleted formula is manufactured with potent raw CBD using no chemical processing, so your horse will love the taste as much as you'll love the benefits. Look for the full line of American Harvest products at your local equine shop, any Hubbard dealer, or online at store.alltech.com. Oh, we've missed this wonderful human being that we rely on so heavily for all things knowledgeable about thoroughbreds. Leandra, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me back. We've missed you. I feel like it's been forever before we dig into all training tips in our cutie pie horse. How did the barbecue go for Land Rover weekend? Well, I think it went wonderfully. It was funny because I kind of get to the end of it and I look around and I'm like, well, we all survived. So we're good. <laughs> so that's a success. Sound um, like a true I, horse I, girl. <laughs> after any yeah. <laughs> it was my main goal and we accomplished it. But I just feel like I end up running around like a chicken with its head cut off most of the time. So I'm like, is everybody happy? Did you guys enjoy it? What's happening? So mm-hmm. I think it went well. Excellent. That's well, that's the feedback be. I've gotten has all been positive. So we'll take that as a good sign. Wonderful. It's nice to have it back after a two-year hiatus, uh, after the panorama we just all went through together. So it's nice to kind of be getting back into the flow. But I'll hand you off to Kristen, who has a training question for you. Yeah. So I'm going to ask this on behalf of my lovely husband who has a lovely, lovely thoroughbred named Shorty. Shorty is a really mellow, easygoing guy, which is why he's the perfect mount for my husband. But Shorty's issue is that when he gets a little mentally overloaded or overstimulated, he just sort of shuts off and he just stops moving and his tongue comes out of his mouth and his eyes kind of half close and he looks like a sad cartoon. And then it takes us a little while to kind of get him unstuck and going again. And usually by then he's got cattle running on all sides of him and chaos has ensued and we've got to sort of start our day over again. So what are some coping mechanisms we can do to help Shorty sort of handle his life a little bit better? That is such an interesting predicament. So just to help me understand what is actually going on. So this will be when he has a lot of stimulus around him. He just is like, I can't do this or. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, just from me watching him, you know, I just imagine he's got just a little walnut brain in there and it tends to be in higher pressure situations. So in particular, like if we've got cows that we're trying to get through kind of a dicey spot and the cows are starting to run back on him and we've got to make some quick moves, it's usually me that ends up making the quick moves and Shorty just sort of stands in the middle, like a stone in the current and the cows go around him. So (laughs) he's okay. He's perfectly safe, but he's not always the most useful ranch horse if the energy level starts to get real high. So he's very safe. I'd rather him do that. 
and get real spicy and dump my husband. But yeah, it would be well, helpful if he could be a little more useful to us too. <laughs> yeah. How funny is that? That it's like, he's trying to create his own balancing act where he's like, this is getting really intense. So I'm just going to kind of freeze here. He might and think he's I, helping. He might be like, I'm yeah. bringing the energy level down. You guys, like, you know, you know what? Yeah, this is good point. I'll just bring this on back down for you. And you're welcome. You're like, that's not at all what I want. Well, it's sort of funny because it reminds me of, we all know the fight or flight responses to stress. Um, but fewer people know the other defaults that people can have. So there's and not just people, but other animals too. There's fight, flight, and then there's freeze faint and fawn are the other more common, lesser known ones of the other sort of psychological responses. And it sounds like he's kind of more in that freeze category where he's just like, I'm just going to sort of watch everything and see where I need to be in all of this. And if that is sort of his default response. Yeah. In some ways that can be amazing and safe, but to try to override that is totally complicated. So I'm kind of wondering if it would help him to have more exposure is this a new thing is it like is that the environment new to him or is he kind of experienced in like being in those more stressful situations so he's been around with us since late 2019 i think okay. what might be the biggest challenge for him is that my husband's a little bit he's not a green rider but he's not a super polished rider and i find yeah. if i ride shorty in those situations this makes me sound like i'm the best rider in the world and that's not at all what i'm saying but better timing in my aids and a little more nuanced as a rider he's not quite so bad so maybe he's trying to protect like i don't know if you know yeah. what you're doing so i'm also going to stand here and not know what i'm well, doing so yeah i mean it kind of does sound like that so it's hard to like undo that because that's such a wonderful response in so many ways and there's certainly like there are ways that you can sort of add energy to the equation as a rider but you know like some people will wear like a little spurt or like carry a little crop and you can kind of do it easily that way but if it's like a something that the horse is sort of like trying to override their programming for especially when it's like wonderful like that i mean maybe it would benefit him to have you ride him a little bit more in those situations so he knows that he's like can respond like that but then otherwise that is i mean it's a wonderful question i actually am not sure that i have like a great response for that because that's like it's such a good response to have in so many ways. So it's <laughs> yes. like, how do you get them to sort of be more edgy and more handy? And, and so, like I said, you can add a, like you can add a little spur and get them to be like, okay, you don't need to protect me. Like you can sort of move off from this or just use a little stronger leg. Like if I have a horse that gets kind of stuck, like it has that sort of freeze response, I'll try to, move them from side to side like you forces who just kind of plant themselves and then they might feel like they're going to go up and rear or they might feel like they're just kind of going into that slow meltdown phase and so i'll stick them in like a tight circle and kind of try to like mentally restart to be like no 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 like i i want you to move off this is our goal is to move off and then like to have them be more responsive to aids like you said where it's like you try to pull their head to one side just so you can see the corner of the eye so it's not like I pulled the wrong word but it's not that dramatic but it's like can I see the corner of your eye over here can I see the corner of your eye over here it's sort of like a mental check-in for them where it's like I'm asking you to be responsive in this moment I'm asking you to put a little more energy into this so that might be a good place to start 
and sometimes horses need that just little bit of a mental restart. Sometimes they need a little bit more refining with somebody who might have a little bit more refined seat and refined aids and all those things to help them sort of work through those little what seems like maybe a learning moment, but just because that is such a good instinct, it's not like you're trying to bring energy back down. That's easier in a lot of ways to bring energy up can be a little bit more complicated, especially when it seems like they're trying to do their best to protect them. But I would just say trying to work in those little moments of like check-in and mental resets just to help them move out of that freeze moment would be would be my go-to because it's simple and we always try to go to the most simple steps first. So I think that might be the, the best that I got for you at this time. But Sounds I like a good place to start. Yeah. yeah. We'll keep you updated. Work. Please do. Yeah. And I think the summer is going to help. We'll be out on big pasture and not in the tight spaces that we're in the winter. Oh, so hopefully sure. that'll help get everybody kind of unwound and get going again. And and my husband's putting in a lot of lesson time. So everybody's a work in progress. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love it. Oh, well, fantastic. Thank you, Leandra. I want to talk about this super hunky Bay smart take. Tell us a little bit about him and why someone needs to bring him home immediately. Yeah. Well, I absolutely adore Smarty from the moment he came in. I just loved his personality. He has that type of aura almost around him that just like draws you in and he's always willing to be loved on. And he just has that really kind personality. And actually as a testament to this, we used him in the open barn and barbecue for one of the demos when he ended up being in the ring in front of people who were on the bleachers and moving around the big speaker system and everything for around 45 minutes. And even though he's just three years old, he could not have been more perfectly behaved. Like mm-hmm. I could put the reins over his head and like do kind of like demonstrating flexions and I could be just like messing around on him. And he was practically falling asleep during it. He's just such a sweetheart and this sort of also timely because his sire is Nyquist who I absolutely I was gonna love. say he is uh, from royalty if you will a Kentucky absolutely. Derby winner <laughs> yes and what better time than to bring him up mm-hmm. he's the son of royalty in this derby season he's from a 16 derby winner Nyquist am yes. I getting that wrong oh, no, got it's it. 2016 perfect uh, yeah. yay so yeah absolutely we adore it so Nyquist ones and Nyquist being also from Uncle Mo and the Uncle Mo babies tend to be this same sort of really docile, easygoing personality. And he just screams the same sort of persona. He did have a published workout that in a timely sort of way, July 19th, 2021, that makes him still eligible for the makeover. So he's still looking for a 2022 makeover horse. And we did have him vetted pretty completely just to check on everything because he is such a quiet baby. Sometimes it almost makes me nervous. So mm-hmm. we did like neuro tests on him and we had just him jog and flex and all that. And he passed with flying colors. He just is an sort of awkward, <laughs> easygoing, sweet love of a baby horse. And he's super, super straightforward to ride. You can see in his pictures online that he's a little bit downhill right now, but I think that he's just going through that awkward growth phase. And mm-hmm. just he's a, a really little by high, but it, it's cute. Yeah. Like, well, that's what he, I'm thinking. Actually, with that published work date, he's eligible for the 2023 makeover as well. Yeah. So somebody could Darn take him home, Don't tell put me him that. out in the... F- I'm just telling <laughs> you, get ready now. Put him out in the field, yes, let him grow a little truly. bit. He's so cute. I mean, yes, honestly, ideal scenario. 
all he needs to do is grow a little bit. He has that right kind of personality that he's not going to be some wild ride. Even if you do give him off, like I can't guarantee you that, but you can almost guarantee that because he's just like that type of personality we see. And it's just like a diamond in the rough. I absolutely adore this horse. Just in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> Have you had a lot of Nyquists come through? I don't feel like I've seen a lot no. of them yet. No, no. very new. Yeah. I think okay. we've only had one or two. We're other. just starting to see the crop coming through. Cause if he was 2016 winter, we should just start seeing those three, four year olds yeah. starting to come yeah, in. Just starting to come up. Yep. Amazing. Well, but all like this guy, then he's got a promising career as an aftercare stallion too, because this guy is yeah. cute. And he very much is. He's got like such a genuine face, a soft eye, and he's really built for just about any discipline, which I really like about yeah. him. Yeah, he yes. kind of fits into that nice square, and he's just perfectly in between it all, where it's like he's got this nice structure to him, like you said, that could just go in any direction by the looks of it, and that's kind of what we're getting the sense of with him, too. Excellent. Well, if you guys want to check out Smart Take, aka Smarty, he is at horseadoption.com along with all the other horses. Make sure you put your applications in because they do go like hotcakes. They go quickly there. And New Vocations is doing a deal right now. You can save 30% on adoptions until May 31st. You have about 20 days since this episode comes out. So hurry up and snatch them. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Very you true. so much, Leandra. We so appreciate it. And until next time, keep us in the loop on how these horses are going. We would love, and Kristen, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it'd be fun to have a segment of some of the horses we featured, if whether they've been adopted and what they're doing now since we've had retired racehorse radio. Oh, absolutely. That sounds like that'd be fun. All right. We'll reach out to you and try to get some names, see where, see who's interested in coming on and talking about their horses. I can't imagine any horse girl would love to just brag about their horses for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Leandra. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys. From the bridal path to the training arena, you'll feel balanced and supported in the thoughtfully designed arena all-purpose saddle. Whether schooling on the flat, jumping a course, or simply riding on local trails, the beautiful Arena All-Purpose will keep you and your horse comfortable every step of the way. Every rider nurtures a unique and special connection with their horse, a connection that's built on trust. For riders, it's their horse's welfare and comfort that always comes first. As every horse regularly changes shape with their level of fitness, diet, and maturity, when it comes to your saddle, it too should be able to adapt to meet the changing needs of your horse. Priced at just $15.99, the Arena All-Purpose Saddle will be the perfect addition to your tack room. Visit arenasaddles.com to view the full range of saddles available and find a retailer near you. So, Joy, this episode comes out on May 10th. Mm -hmm. On May 7th, the Kentucky Derby runs. So I, I thought know. it might be a fun way to end this episode to commemorate how poor you and I probably are at picking derby winners. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll be lucky, but either way, we're going to have this recorded for posterity. So we'll be able to tell everybody like, I picked that horse last Wednesday, what everyone always says they do, but no one ever actually does. So who is your derby pick? It's tough. Three horses I like. Some of it's just because I like how that horse looks. And maybe saying, I see this horse as a second career type horse more than Absolutely a running acceptable. horse. In my top three, I'm kind of more of an underdog. I like simplification. 
I just think he's very stunning Bay. He's got a 20 to one odds right now that can always change by the time we get to Saturday, but he's a Florida bred horse. I don't think we see a lot of the Florida horses winning the Derby, quite frankly, but doesn't mean it can't happen. I like that. He comes from simply confection line. It's, I think he's kind of a cool horse personally. I also like Epicenter, a little bit higher odds on that horse, seven to two. That horse, I just like, it's really pretty. He's really pretty. And I can easily be swayed by looks. (laughs) So everyone knows if you've seen my boyfriend, just kidding. He's, he's a cutie. But I think the horse I really am rooting for is Zandon. He just, to me, looks like a really strong contender. He's a three to one odds. I'm a sucker for a dark bay, uh, verging on that black color. I would love to see this horse make it in the top three, if not winning. How about you? Well, you've got your trifecta, so I am going to borrow one of yours as well. I also like Epicenter. I have always liked Steve Asmussen as a trainer, and I think mm. he teamed up with that Windchill Thoroughbreds owner team. They produced my favorite racehorse, Gunrunner. So, of course, I'm every time I see those, you know, burgundy silks with the W, I always want to cheer for that horse. And you know, as a Steve Asmussen horse, it's going to be all decked out, all braided, and he's going to look like a million bucks in that post parade. Yeah, <laughs> and they always turn out their horses so nicely. So, Mm -hmm. so epicenter will be in my trifecta. I also am really fascinated. Have you seen the stuff on social media about the Japanese horse crown pride? I have. I I almost put crown pride in my list. It was, it was really close. He's such a unique horse coming into this. Yeah. Have you seen how they warm him up? Like his rider will just like, they do like stretchy trot circles on the track. Like he rides him like a dressage horse, you know, and they, they really like school this horse on the flat, which I find fascinating because it's really interesting because I went to racehorses out in Marseille in France. And I feel like we're the weird ones of how we warm up our horses because they yeah, also maybe. do that. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, like this horse is really connected back to front. He's not just kind of cranked in yeah. on the bit the way they sort of make them look like they're connected. But yeah, this is like a like a I mean, good looking flat horse. <laughs> don't come at me and tell me I hate America for saying it. I wouldn't be mad if this horse took it just to see the comparison and training. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, like, hey, man, maybe we should catch up to those Japanese. They know what's up. Yeah. Uh, the braids are insane, though. If you look at his photo, I'm like, he's a little bit of a wild child looking for <laughs> but he's definitely pretty cool. And the last horse I really like is Zozos. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's because of his owner breeder team. Barry and Joni Butzow. So they had a horse at the makeover last year. That was a team horse captained by Rosie Napravnik, and she trained him in competitive trail and Western dressage. So he finished Hmm. ninth in competitive trail, and then the horse went back to be Joni's like riding horse. So I think that's super cool. I am going to cheer for him because of the makeover connection, just because at this point, that's my hometown, my home team. So, so I'd love to see that horse win it for his connections. I think that's a really cool way that they're supporting their horses all the way through, all the way through to their second career. So, so yeah, we'd love to see him do well. Yeah. So we'll be watching the Derby. We'll let you know if we want any money. Chances are we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not, but at least now we're on the record. There's some really good contenders coming in. If anyone happens to win, let us know. We would love to share you in our stories. And with that, Kristen, would you like to take the lead on our final closing of the show? I sure would. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. 
Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. I can be found on Instagram at The Horseback Writer, and you can follow all of my Racehorse Ranch adventures on Facebook at Jobber Bill Racehorse to Ranch Horse. You can also email me at kbentley at the rrp.org. I can be found on Instagram at the Foodie Equestrian. I just tried a raw tiramisu recipe. I will be posting that. And my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, Cashel Company, American Harvest, and Arena Saddles. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And always add more leg. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. 